Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Talk That Talk show with me, Barry Holmes. And, you know, I was just talking to my dad earlier, and we were just excited to, you know, just talk sports with each other before the show. And it just really brought me to why I do this show, you know, each Tuesday at 7 p.m. I'm always streaming live on Facebook, and um, it will get uploaded then to Buzzsprout, which will then get outsourced to iTunes, and it'll also go to Google Podcasts, and it'll also go to Spotify. But the real thing that I've been, you know, happy with here is just, you know, really promoting that talk, that talk. Um, when you talk about what does that mean, talking that talk is just embodying what you do every single day. There's some people that go out and say they're going to do something and don't wind up doing it. They make excuses, they get scared and they psych themselves out. But, you know, for people that like listening to the talk that talk show and people that, you know, support me as a person and as a podcaster, you know, with talk with this talk that talk show, you know, I just want to be as consistent as possible and delivering to you guys the most prepared and objective sports show with a little bit of my flair and personality. Um, the one thing that I want to tell everybody out there, I want to thank all of our viewers on the Facebook live stream. Shout out to Kristen Haley. Shout out to Sarah Godwin. Savion Gaynor. Sorry about that. Say shout out to my boy Jeff Farrell. But we got a lot of people here on this Facebook stream, but um, I want to thank everybody out there for our new listeners that haven't got a chance to watch this show. Um, to all of our regular viewers, thank you so much. I actually wanted to give a shout out to my boy Alex Balonis, who just got engaged. So I want to say happy engagement to you, brother. Um, he's one of our loyal viewers. He texts me up and tells me about how he enjoys my ex episodes a lot, and sometimes we'll catch him on Xbox Live. So I just want to give him a special shout out because, you know, it's very important when you're, you know, making life changes like that. And I always like to support my friends, but he's been a loyal supporter. And, you know, I want to give us kind of the metrics to this show to kind of let you all know out there that's been listening how you've helped to grow this show as well. Um, we're at 628 all time views. Um, in just, you know, this is going to be our ninth episode, but in eight episodes, you know, we've had 628 views and that's not even talking about the Facebook live stream. Um, our last episode, we had a 23% viewership from Japan. Um, I can't tell you enough about not knowing, you know, who really is out there listening, but I definitely want to thank everyone in, out, out there that's listening to shout. So shout out to Japan for really listening in. And then in the last seven days, you know, my episodes have had 111 plays with two episodes, two old episodes having over 10 plays. So the last episode, I kind of talked about a little bit about perspective. So I kind of want to give a little bit of a perspective on, you know, how I kind of view these metrics. And I want to bring it back to a conversation that I had with my boy Darius. Uh, shout out to Sonny. But one of the things that we talked about was the fact that, you know, he, he was asking me, you know, do you really think a lot of people are listening to your show or do you think that they watch in live? And the one thing that I wanted to tell him and the one thing that I want to tell everyone out there that, you know, is afraid to listen in or don't have the time to, you know, listen on to the live stream. Um, you know, I put these episodes out there for you to listen to at your leisure. And I totally appreciate everyone that listens in every single you know week. But um, 
you know, I put these episodes out there. I'm giving you multiple avenues. I'm giving you the Facebook live stream. I'm giving you Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, iTunes. So, you know, I have to do my job in creating content and giving it, you know, out there for you all to listen in. So that's what my job is here as a, you know, a consistent podcast who is continuing to try and get better with each show. So, you know, this is out there for you to listen in. Um, for anybody that hasn't listened in, you know, you can always check out the old episodes. Um, you know, as we can see, the people are tuning in and some people are catching up. One of my friends was on vacation and he came back and he said, you know, he listened to some of the episodes on his flight. So you can check out any of these episodes at your own leisure. So please don't feel sorry if you haven't checked in live or if you haven't listened to any of my you know episodes before. But I'm always appreciative of all of my listeners out there because without you, I wouldn't have a, a podcast. So, you know, I want to get into the show. But as always, you can check us on Tuesdays, 7 p.m. on the Facebook live stream. And we're going get to get started with the Talk That Talk show. Talk That Talk. So we're going to get into some of the top news that I, you know, headlines that I saw. And I kind of want to start it off with our, with our boy Greg Popovich. Um, I saw some things in the news that said he was going to sign a three-year extension. I think this is pretty amazing for a guy who's 70 years old. Um, when you look at his background and his pedigree, he has five NBA championships. Not one, not two, not three, not four. But he's got five. And he's went to the playoffs. Hold on. Let, let, let's let's let this sit in for a second. He's went to the playoffs 22 straight years. So for anybody that wants to talk about dominance, you know, of the Patriots and how they're one of the best teams of our decade, you have to throw in the Spurs in there because to go to the playoffs 22 straight times, I don't care if you're talking about the NBA or the MLS, all right? You go to the playoffs, that's prime time. And that's where, you know, your best players show up. And that's where legacies are made. And Greg Popovich has been able to get the cup and get that, you know, that end goal, that NBA championship five times. So when you look at this guy who's going to coach the Olympics in 2020 at, what, 71 years old, and he's going to coach Team USA in the FIBA World Cup, third in all-time wins behind Don Nelson and Lenny Wilkins, you got to give this guy, Greg Popovich, some love. And if you're a fan of basketball, you just got to, you know, Give, give him a nice little silent clap because, you know, without Greg Popovich, we wouldn't have, you know, Kawhi Leonard who's out there snapping for Toronto. And you wouldn't have the development of Tony Parker. And you started to see how the Euro basketball kind of was able to come into success. So, you know, we want to give a great shout out to Greg Popovich. And I'm going to enjoy, you know, seeing him try to break, you know, the all-time wins record in these next three years. Um, another thing that I saw in the news was that, one of my favorite running backs for the Chiefs. We all know I like Larry Johnson. I got my jersey from Jeff back in the day, a Larry Johnson jersey. But um, the next one that I really like is Jamal Charles. And, you know, sad to say that he's retiring after 11 seasons. But he spent nine of those with the Chiefs, which is, you know, really awesome. Um, he was a really electric back that could catch it out the backfield. Um, every time that he touched the ball, seemed on a carry. Um, that's when he was breaking off these ridiculous runs and showing that amazing breakaway speed. But as he retires, he's going to retire as the Chiefs' all-time leading rusher with 7,260 yards, and he's going to be 56th on the rushing list total. All right. Now, I know 56 doesn't really sound you know, too appealing or too much of a feat, but when you think about all the great running backs that have went through this NFL league, 
uh, to to land fifty sixth on the you know the all time list in yards. Uh, you got to tip your cap to this guy. Um, he actually is going to retire with the highest yards per carry average at five point four. So every time he touched the rock, he was getting five, almost five and a half yards every time. Um, you know that's over Jim Brown and Barry Sanders. So you know Jamal Charles. Um, he had those two ACL injuries, um, and a lot of times when you have ACL injuries, we know that's very difficult to come back from. But when I think about that, I think about what could he have been if he never tore his ACL because he has a, a very, very great career that he had over the past 11 seasons. But it's just it's, it just speaks to the life expectancy of, a, of an NFL running back in today's NFL because, you know, a lot of times you could get away with having guys that were spending 10-plus years in the NFL, but you're starting to see a lot of these guys aren't playing 10 years. So, you know, shout-out to Jamal for, you know, for playing 11 seasons and nine of those with the Chiefs, but, you know, a bigger shout-out to playing the game the right way. You know, I never heard about Jamar Charles doing anything too recky, but... um you know, I appreciated him for his term with the with the Chiefs, and you know, I wish him a great retirement. Um, one of the other things that I saw that was pretty interesting was if you're a better out there, um, some of the betting odds for the NFL season next season actually came out. Um, I want to kind of go over some of the teams that you know kind of caught my eye as far as their odds, and you know, we're gonna kind of look at some of the numbers. Um, you know, we're going to obviously start off with my Chiefs. Got to love my Chiefs. Um, after losing to the Patriots in the AFC Championship in a heartbreaker, we have a 6-1 and one odds to win, you know, the uh, you know the NFL Championship. Um, I think that, you know, it'll be very difficult for the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl this year after losing, you know, Tyreek Hill inevitably, um, Kareem Hunt. Um, we still have a, a very, very good team. Um, I'm going to... Cross my fingers that Patrick Mahomes does not get the Madden curse. I know he was on; he just got announced as the cover athlete for Madden, so let's hope he doesn't get the Madden curse. But the over-under that they put for the Chiefs is 10.5 wins. Now, when you look at the, the Chiefs in the AFC West, um, I think that you know we could definitely get over 10.5 wins because if you're playing in that AFC West, um, in the past couple years we've owned that division. And even without Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt, I know we lost Spencer Ware to the Colts. They just signed him. But I still believe in Patrick Mahomes, and I believe in that electric offense. So I think that they can get over 10.5 wins. Quote me if I'm lying, but I think they can do that. Um, another interesting one that I saw was the Patriots are 6-1 to odds to win the Super Bowl again to repeat. Um, they got the same odds as the Chiefs, and their over-under is 11 wins. Now, this is where it gets a little bit tricky because, you know, after losing Rob Gronkowski, I I, um, I know it's always the Patriots' way to, to find their way out of it, but I think 11 is a very high number for them, especially when in, in this league where, you know, anything can happen. So to put 11 wins on them and Tom Brady's not getting any younger, um, you know, if I'm a betting person, I would have to go with the under on 11 wins. Um, you know, the, the Patriots can get into the playoffs with under 11 wins and still make a long run, but 11 wins seems a little bit high to me. Um, and then the biggest shocker to me here is the Cleveland Browns have now increased themselves to 16-1 and odds to win the Super Bowl. What'd you say? 
16 and one odds. Eight and eight to one odds to win the AFC. That's crazy. A lot of people are putting a lot of stock in Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. getting, uh, you know, brought back with Jarvis Landry, bringing back that connection from LSU. But, you know, <laughs> I actually talked to a guy, uh, one of my reporter friends, uh, and one of the things that we talked about, you know, over the offseason was, you know, how are the Cleveland Browns going to actually do? And my boy Vince Brown, one of the things he told me was, I mean, my fault, Vincent Davis, one of the things that he told me was is that the Browns still have to go out there and play football. So it doesn't matter what you have on paper, you still got to go out there and play the game of football and win games. And we all know how difficult it is to win an NFL game because you can ask the Cleveland Browns because they didn't win a game, right? And they and you can ask the Detroit Lions who didn't win a game, right? So, you know, I think that the Browns being, you know, 16-1 odds to, to win the Super Bowl and then having it be an even shot to make the playoffs – you know, I think we're asking a lot here out of the Browns and putting a lot of stock in them. So, you know, paper is always good, but I want to see them in action because, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. And when I look at the Jets, they have 80 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl, which is, you know, really high. But the kind of thing that I want to look at here is the over-under with 7.5 wins. So I want to see... You know, what moves do the Jets really make? You know, is Sam Darno the, the future for, you know, the franchise? Um, will Le'Veon Bell make this team a lot better? Um, seven and a half games is going to be a, a, a tough over under for the Jets. But, you know, I will invest some stock in the Jets because I believe uh, that the front office actually, you know, spent some money here. Woody, uh, Woody really actually made some moves to kind of shake things up. So, you know, I like the the Jets to actually get over seven and a half wins here we're gonna see what happens but I had to save him for last because you know it's you know my team that I've covered uh for about three four years now and I gotta go into the odds for the Giants and we're (laughs) we gotta go into the odds for the Giants so let's go into those real quick the odds are 101 to win the Super Bowl a plus 500 odds to make the playoffs and their over under is six wins. Um, I, I might have to go with the under here on six wins, even with Saquon Barkley, um, a beat up and battered Eli Manning. Um, <laughs> I just don't see the, the giants really doing much of anything this year. Um, and we're going to kind of get into, you know, what they did in the NFL draft with um, who they got and drafted at the sixth pick. But um, the Giants are going to have a tough road ahead of them. And the person that they drafted, for anybody that doesn't know, I've been hearing a lot is, who is Daniel Jones? Who is Daniel Jones? But Daniel Jones is the guy that is going to succeed um, Eli Manning when he goes out. So (laughs) it's it's (laughs) – when you look at the numbers, man, I have a really hard time seeing why Gettleman went with this guy, Daniel Jones. Um, last year, he had 22 touchdowns and nine interceptions. But when I look at this guy's overall resume, okay, when I look at Daniel Jones's resume, he had 8,201 yards in three years at Duke. 
And that's not for college basketball. We're talking about college football, Duke, right? Um, he had 52 touchdowns and 29 interceptions in three years and a 59% completion percentage. The highest amount of completion percentage this guy, Daniel Jones, had in a year was 60%, and that was his last year, his junior year. Let's look at, you know, kind of what he did with Duke. You know, in that last season that he had his supposedly best season, Daniel Jones only played one ranked opponent in Clemson. All right, and Clemson is what a lot of people talk about as one of those NFL type defenses that just shut you down. And if you're talking about Daniel Jones, a guy that I want to succeed, Eli Manning, I want to see how well this guy does in pressure situations, and I want to see how he can do against your best players, right? And he only pl- and he played a soft schedule. Duke played a soft schedule with only one ranked opponent in Clemson, and they lost 35-6. to In your best game possibly of your career, the highest of maybe your career, when you're playing the, the number two ranked Clemson, you throw for 158 yards with no touchdowns. The Giants, this is your next quarterback after Eli Manning. All right? I told y'all I wanted, you know, Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State. And I'm going to tell you why I wanted Dwayne. Yeah, yeah, and Washington has him. So the Giants are going to see, you know, Dwayne Haskins twice a year. And they're going to see twice a year that they made a big mistake. Because let me tell you what Dwayne Haskins did in just one year. Dwayne Haskins had 4,831 yards, which is almost more than half of what Daniel Jones had in three years. He had 50 touchdowns in one year to Daniel Jones' 52 in three years, and he only had eight interceptions for a 70% completion percentage. So you're telling me that this guy, Dwayne Haskins, who is a very accurate quarterback and somebody that can go out there and make plays, and, oh, let me forget, he played against six ranked opponents. Six. And And you know what he did? He won all six of those games. So you're telling me this guy is a guy who rises to the occasion and who can step up in the big moments, and that's somebody that New York needs behind the center. And that's not what you're going to get with Daniel Jones right now. Damn, man, talk that talk. They're not going to get that with Daniel Jones. And when I look at this guy, I have to think, I'm thinking, you know, is this going to be the next Frank Nilakina of New York City? Because you know what happened with Frank. Phil Jackson put all this stock in this guy and trying to outthink everybody and trying to be this, uh, this czar. And now they're looking to trade Frank Nilakina after what, a year, two years? So... You know, with the top 10 pick with the Giants, you got to select the best guy at that position. And Kyler Murray was, you know, you know, unarguably the best quarterback out of that draft. And Dwayne Haskins was the next best one. And the Giants fumbled this pick. Because now they're stuck with Daniel Jones. I mean, if he stays. But when you look at the numbers, I see Dwayne Haskins as a guy that beat six ranked opponents and had 50 touchdowns in one year. They could have, oh, the Giants could have had such an electric game with, uh, you know, Dwayne Haskins and uh, Saquon Barkley back there. If you if you watch the Giants, nobody is worried about their read option when they run that play. We know Eli Manning's not going to keep the ball and run it, but I guarantee you if Dwayne Haskins was back there, that would totally help out the play action. It would totally help out uh, Saquon Barkley's run game 
because Eli Manning hasn't been the most accurate quarterback. So I got to really look and see what the Giants are doing because I just don't see how you go with Daniel Jones. So hopefully I let you guys know a little bit who this guy from Duke is, but Dwayne Haskins was obviously the better pick, and we're going to have to see him in Washington two times. Um, whew. I hope the Giants are ready because they, they, they fumbled this really, really bad. But, you know, we're going to get a little bit off the NFL. Let's get about to these NBA playoffs because they have been very, very exciting, you know, coming into this now, this second round, the semifinal round. But um, I look at Philadelphia, who is now tied one-to-one with Toronto. Um, the Sixers beat the Raptors 94-89 to last night. I kind of was watch- I watched the fourth quarter as, as I was on the treadmill at uh, LA Fitness, and what I saw from this game was I saw just how good Kawhi Leonard is, man. This guy had 35 points. He shot 13 for 24 from the field with seven rebounds and six assists. Um, whew, what an efficient game. Um, when I looked at it also, a lot of times people were saying about how playoff Kyle Lowry doesn't show up. He had 20 points, and, Paul, and Pascal Siakam had 21 points. But when it came down to it, when, you know, Kyle Lowry kind of fumbled the, the ball at the end, but they still were able to get a good shot to Danny Green, he missed that wide-open shot. And I don't care if he had three points total in that entire game. Let's just throw that out the window because, you know, Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam did their job, and they still only came within five points of the Sixers after, you know, a couple free throws at the end, but... You know, if Danny Green would have made that shot, that's the guy, that's the reason why you got this guy. I, I, you know, he's supposed to be this player that can play a little defense and then also to make that wide open three when you need him. And he did not do that. Um, you know, they. I think the Raptors really need to win game three because what game two showed me was that Kawhi Leonard is not going to be enough to beat Philadelphia. Because if you look at this game that the Sixers won, Jimmy Butler had 30 points, and Embiid only had 12 points on 2 of 7 shooting. So Embiid was the guy who really powered Philly past uh, Brooklyn last round, and now you have him to where he didn't have a great game. You got to take advantage of that, and you have to win those games because now if the Raptors, you know, lose game three and they, you know, go down 2-1 to Philly – that's going to give Philadelphia all the momentum, and that's the one thing that you do not want to give a young team is momentum. So, you know, I really hope that especially, um, you know, Gasol, Marcus Gasol, a guy that they traded for, this is the reason why they got him for the playoffs, and he only puts up five points in 35 minutes. That's not going to get it done. So if, you know, if the other players surrounding cast, you know, for Kawhi does not step up, and make some shots, this really might be a quick series, and I think we can start to write Kawhi Leonard's to the West Coast as kind of being in there and uh, a done deal. But another matchup that we got to look at is the Nuggets, who just edged by Greg Popovich's Spurs, and now they beat the Blazers 121 to 113, and they beat Video Game Dame. And, you know, instead of Damian Lillard's 39 points, um, 12 of 21 from the field goal range and 11 from 13 from free throw. Um, you got to talk about a guy in Damian Lillard who is an absolute beast. And like I've said before, he's been doing this all year long. 
Um, but Canner giving you 26 points and seven rebounds. Um, it kind of makes you shake your head as a Knicks fan because I loved Ennis Cantor. I interviewed him, you know, plenty of times, and he's a real fun personality. But really, you get to see that here in the playoffs, he steps it up big, and he was able to put up big numbers for the Blazers. But it still was not enough because Jokic wound up being the guy who you know we're talking about in the headlines with 37 points on perfect 12 for 12 from the free throw line and 11 and 18 from the field goals, but um. You know, Jokic is somebody who is an instant matchup problem for the Blazers because Jokic can step out and shoot that three-pointer, and then also he can go in there and get it done in the paint. Um, I think that for the Blazers, who have been one of the hottest teams in taking out the Thunder, they're going to have to find a way to stop Jokic and, you know, really try and cement their feet and kind of get over that, you know, that hype of how Damian Lillard hit that shot because this is a completely different series. And if they don't get, you know, their act together, and I know C.J. McCollum had under 20 points. He had a decent game but didn't shoot particularly too well. But we really need to see C.J. McCollum step up and be, you know, the Robin to, you know, the, um, the Batman who is just now, you know, Damian Lillard. So this is a potential seven-game series. But I think for it to be seven-game series, the Blazers have to show up next game. They have to show up game two because if they go down 0-2 and have to go back to Portland against this team who's clicking in Denver, um, it's going to be tough. They got to force Gary Harris and you know, maybe Malik Beasley to beat them. But you know, when you talk about the Nuggets and being you know, having Nikola Jokic, um, I think it's a, a sustainable matchup problem because – he can score it at a consistently high rate, but you can't you know, count on Damian Lillard to hit 30-foot shots consistently all the time. I know he's done it well, but if you're, that's for maybe one to two games you know, to win a game. You can't actually win a series by doing that. So you know, I really look to see if the Blazers can get some quality shot opportunities and you know, try and push past the Nuggets. Um, but I want to get into the, the games for tonight because they're going to be very, very interesting. Um, you got Boston, who's up 1-0 on the Bucks. They won a 111. They won 112 to 90 over um, the Bucks. And when you see playoff Kyrie having 26 points, 11 assists, and seven rebounds, um, you really get to see Uncle Drew come out and ball, man. Um, he's putting it down for Jersey, and I think that you know the game plan that they had to. You know, not stop Giannis because Giannis still had 28 points and 8 rebounds. But if you looked at what Boston was able to do, they kind of blanketed that perimeter and put five guys on the perimeter to make sure and stop that Giannis could not get in. If you look at it on the court, watch the game tonight, it kind of looked like they had a little fleet going. And that fleet was able to stop Giannis and stop him from getting in the paint. I think this was, this last game was one of the only games he was able to have under double digits in the paint and, and points in the paint. So the key for the Bucks is to get other guys to step up. You know, this is this is we're gonna have the same argument or the same thing for all these teams because we're seeing the star players that are stepping up. But you know, when you have a team that goes far and makes a playoff run, all five guys are really clicking on all cylinders, and that's what you need to have a, a, a team go in advance. I mean, when you have three of your starters and Eric, Eric Bledsoe only having six points, Brooke Lopez only having three points, and Sterling Brown only having three points, 
that is not going to cut it. That's not going to be Boston because Boston is going to beat you up and bruise you down, and they're going to drop buckets like no tomorrow. And if you don't have guys that are you know, going to make shots behind Giannis, I know Chris Middleton had 16 points and Miritich had 13 off the bench, but you need a lot more of a team effort from the Bucks to really show that they're a number one seed in this Eastern Conference. Otherwise, Boston's going to take it, man. They're going to, and, and you know, they they can really beat up Philly or Toronto, whichever team comes out of that, you know, that matchup. But when we talk about five guys clicking on all cylinders. I gotta, you know, I gotta talk about the Warriors because they're up 1-0 on the Rockets. That game, I'm gonna try and stay up for it tonight. It's at 10:30, but I'm gonna try my best to stay up for it. But everything that everyone's talking about in that 104 to 100 win by Golden State is how James Harden and you know Chris Paul were trying to kick their feet out to get three point calls, and you gotta look at how the league is going. Um, this hasn't, this isn't something that's, you know, new, but, you know, people have been trying to kick their feet out to get foul calls, you know, since Reggie Miller days, but, you know, you as a defender have to do a good job and the Warriors did of just standing straight up, not jumping into the guy and just putting your hand straight up. And we always talk about since, since we were kids, you know, play straight up, don't, you know, don't jump. And we saw what happened. Um, you know, my guy, I've said he was an MVP in James Harden, but, you know, he did a, he did a decent job, but he shot four for 16 from the three-point line. And, you know, that's supposed to be his bread and butter. And when I look at that, I'm seeing that Golden State is getting some good shot contests on him, and he's and they're making Eric Gordon try and beat them. Now, Eric Gordon had a great game for the, the Rockets, but... You know, if Eric Gordon is the guy that you're going to count on who's going to consistently score outside of James Harden, you know, it's going to be tough for the the Rockets to try and beat the Warriors, especially if the Warriors have five guys that scored in double digits. And, oh, I forgot, they have Kevin Durant on their team. Um, (laughs) He had 35 points, and 24 of those 35 came in the second half. I don't know if anybody's watched those games, but, I mean, Kevin Durant's hitting fadeaways. He's hitting turnarounds, and he's just really making the game look easy. I mean, you look at him and Kawhi Leonard, and those are the two guys that, you know, kind of have been the the most efficient scorers in the NBA, especially in these playoffs. So um, with Kevin Durant, I I know he said that um, James Harden is clever, but he's not cheating when he's trying to throw those feet out. But, you know, the the, the Rockets just have to – they got to stop messing with the refs. They got to stop trying to cheat the system and just go out there and win. You know, you got to go and win a game because if you are going out there and you're going to try and rely on the referees who they've already shown you, they're not going to try and give you the game off these calls. You got to go out there and play your best basketball. And in a game where Golden State played as sloppy as they did and had, you know, as many turnovers as they did, you know, that's a game that Houston has to steal. So, you know, I'm still going to hold true to what I said, and I think that the Rockets will win this series over Golden State. But um, if they don't find a way to stop uh, Kevin Durant, um, the one of the things I know that, you know, Nene Hilario, um, he's a great defender, and he actually kind of got some physical shot contests on, you know, Kevin Durant. I'm not saying that Nene's going to stop him, but I think that they have to try and give him a couple more coverages on Kevin Durant to just try and slow him down and beat him up a little bit because, 
Um, you got to do whatever you can to try and slow down Kevin Durant because if he's going out there and he's dropping close to 40 on you every night and then, oh, hey, you got Steph Curry and Klay Thompson who can snap at any moment, um, you know, the, the Warriors might just march on and maybe even sweep the Rockets if the Rockets do not win game two. That's what I think. If if the Rockets do not win game two, I think we have to seriously consider the Warriors sweeping this team. And I'm going to look like the biggest bozo because I picked them. So <laughs> let's hope that the Rockets show up tonight. I, I'm going to stay up for that game. But we'll see. Um, but that about does it for our show. Um, we got a lot, you know, talked about a lot here today. Um, I'm super excited and super happy to. Um, basically thank everyone who's been watching in and tuning in and listening in um i want to shout out uh, my boy henry henry uh, pia who over the break he took us all to see uh the avengers Endgame, which was one of the best games that i'd ever seen i mean one of the best movies that i'd ever seen and um i'm actually trying to go through the chronological order because i've always told everyone that i'm not really much of a movie watcher but I actually do do watch my sports, as you can tell. But I, I really have gotten into trying to, to understand the Endgame Avengers because of Henry. So I want to give him a shout-out. He always listens into the show, so I want to give him a shout-out. Um, I want to shout-out my boy Peter Dunn, who is listening in. Um, we're going to try and get some L.A. Fitness time in. And then I also want to shout-out my boy Marquise Bethel. Um, we're going to have to go to soda sometime soon, brother. Um, for those that don't know, uh, a lot of times when we're out of work, when we were um, working in Brooklyn, we used to go to this spot called Sodas, and they had some of the best happy hour specials. Um, you could get some nice drinks from 12 to 7, so that was our spot. And you know, I really miss going to Sodas with you, brother. So I want to shout you out, Marcus. Hopefully we can link again soon. Um, and I just want to thank all the viewers out there to everyone, whether you're in China, whether you're in Japan, whether you're in Piscataway, whether you're in Florida, I just want to thank everyone from listening because, you know, time is something that we'll never get back. Um, it's something that you can never get enough of and that you'll never get back. So I just want to make the most out of the time that I have with you all. And for those that are going to tune in after the show, um, I always appreciate your support. Um, I'm going to continue to get better. I want to shout out my boy, Troy Anthony, because he actually gave me a really great phone call and you got to keep people around you that, that want the best for you and want to push you to be better. And one of the things that he told me that when he was listening to my show was that I guess one of my favorite filler words was, you know, and if you've listened to some of the past episodes, I've said it a lot, but um, part of my process of being a better podcaster is trying to eliminate that. And that was one of the things that he told me in a phone call. He told me that he loved the show, but the, for me to cut down. So hopefully, Troy, if you're listening in, I try to do a better job for you not saying that word, and I'm going to continue on that path. So thank you. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so thank you for pushing me to be better, Troy. Thank you for listening in. Um, Got to thank our sponsors before we go. Shout out to VW Liquors located in Wick Plaza in Edison, New Jersey. We always do this for Dave. Let's go, Mets! Let's go, Mets! We always do that for Dave at the end of the show. So shout out to them. Get your beer, your liquor, anything you want. Go over to VW Liquors. Um, we want to give a special shout out also to Executive Bar and Restaurant located on 30 Menu Street in Carteret, New Jersey. I'm going to be, you know, 
I'm not DJing, but I'm going to be bartending the party that they have in this big, huge event um, in the next, I think it's two weeks from now, May 11th where Big Daddy Kane is going to be there, and he's going to be performing. For those of you that don't know who Big Daddy Kane is, you need to go on Google or iTunes after you watch my show and, and figure out who that is because he's having a big party there. Um, you know the type of caliber. that They had Brittany Burgos, I think, one of the Instagram models that came through to uh, one of our events last time. So go check them out. They are no slouch, executive bar and restaurant. They got good drinks, good food. Go check them out. And shout out to my boy Cody Bromley, who always tunes in. Um, love this dude, man. Um, he's got a great clothing line. 91s.com is the, the website. Got some of the best acid wash clothing. Um, I actually reached out to him to try and get some new threads, so you might see me with some, uh, some of the new apparel um, on the upcoming shows. Um, you might have seen me with his hat. Um, he's got a really awesome clothing line, so please go check that out. The code is ACID20. You'll get 20% off in the sh- in the store. So that about does it for me. Um, go check out that Boston-Milwaukee game that's on at 8 p.m. TNT. And then if you can, try and stay awake for that Warriors-Rockets game at 1030 because that is going to be the game of the night. Um, I got the Mets game on right now at 0-0. Luis Castillo has been pitching very well for the Reds is on the mound right now. So we got a tough road ahead of us. So let's see if the Mets can pick up that win and try and get over 500. I'm going to have a beer with my dad. I'm going to watch some sports. Thank you for tuning in every Tuesday, 7 p.m. It's my time. I'll get you out before 8, I promise. And I'm going to keep talking that talk every day, but specifically on 7 p.m. on Tuesdays. Thank you all for tuning in, and I'll see you next Tuesday.